Hello and thank you for joining us on the 47th hour. I'm Toby and I'm joined by my co-host Steve and Guy. If you like the show, we're also on Twitter, Insta, YouTube and TikTok at the 47th hour. If you'd like to help support the channel, we're on coffee and soon we'll be launching our own Patreon page. So first up in this episode is round three of our quiz, where Steve and Guy are going to go head to head. It's one all at the moment. Are you excited, Steve? Do you think you're going to have a good chance on this one? I think I am. What about you, Guy? Yeah. <laughs> Steve, I'll let you go first. Thank you. Question one. What is the registration number of the USS Voyager? Uh, NCC 74656. Correct. In which episode does the Delta Fly make its first appearance? Oh, I don't... I can't remember. Sorry. I'm going to have to pass it over to Guy. Guy? Oh, I don't know the title. I, I mean, it's uh, it's where the, when there's um, the 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 Voyager splits in two. The episode was Extreme Risk. Steve, ah. who composed the opening theme? Oh my god, I should know this. I always think it's Jay Charway, but it's not. It's somebody else, um, and I can't remember. Sorry. Okay, guy. Um, the the I mean. Uh, no, no, you, you, the, the, uh, not, 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 nothing that I can, that jogs my memories. Oh, I'm afraid you're out of time, guy. It's Jerry Goldsmith. Oh, that's right. Steve, what does the doctor sing after his ethical subroutines are deleted in Equinox? Oh, my goodness, I know it as well. It's like, um, I can envisage it, Toby, I just can't remember. Just what think, it is. think, think of a piece of fruit, an, a, a round orange piece of fruit. My darling Clementine. Yay! Well done, Steve. It... I was going to say, doesn't he change change the words slightly as he's taking stuff out of Seven? It's a dark version of oh, my darling. Yeah. Clementine. Yeah. Uh, what was Max's nickname for Bellana in Equinox? BLT. Well done. Uh, the final episode of season four is called Hope and Fear. Oh no. Yes, that's right. It's correct. Yeah. Um, Kez is last seen in the episode. The gift. No. It's mm. not. Guy, any ideas? Deadlock. It was called Deadlock. No, Guy, I'm afraid that's wrong. The episode Fury. was Fury. Yes, of course. She came back for season six. In which episode does Janeway find herself trapped in a time loop that always results in her death? Coda. Well done. Who refers to Echeb as drone boy with a Kirk fixation? Q. Two? Mm. Yes, I'll let you have it, just. <laughs> <laughs> the Herodian are first seen in the episode. Prey? No. Guy? Um, heroes and demons. No, Guy! It's Hunters! Uh, what is the name of the caretaker's mate? Spiria. Yeah, well done, Steve. In the episode Displaced, who is the first crew member to be replaced? Harry Kim? No. Guy? Naomi Wildman. <laughs> No, guy, guy is Kess. Really? Oh my god, he's mad. <laughs> yeah, um, Tom Paris sits in front of the captain, Chakoti to her side, but where does Tuvok sit? He doesn't sit, he doesn't have a seat. Well done. Uh, what is Tom's middle name? Eugene. Correct. How many years did it take the Voyager crew to get home in the series finale, in the original timeline? Um, 27? No, guy... 4,747. 
Ah, uh, it was 23, Guy. Living Witness is a great episode, but can you name the next episode in the series? Oh, my goodness. Um, it is the 13th episode, because it's Living Witness is the 12th episode of season four. And... I... Just give me a sec. I'm trying to remember. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag scrolling. Your answer is wrong. <laughs> Hashtag scrolling to see if I can find it quickly without you realizing. <laughs> oh, no, Toby, you can't give it to me. I can't cheat. No. I'm sorry. Guy, Guy, any ideas? Oh, this is taking very difficult. You get on site. Yeah. Is it me you're looking for? <laughs> no, guy, no. Um, what is the, what is the name of Janeway's love interest in Fairhaven? Michael. Well done. And um, what is the shortest episode title of Voyager? Uh, Q2. Yeah. What was the name of the bar Tom recreated in the holodeck? Sandrine's. Yeah. And the character Reginald Barkley appeared in six episodes and was played by... Dwight Schultz. Correct. And for bonus points, can you name any of those episodes? Oh my god. Uh, Pathfinder. Correct. Message in a bottle? Nope. No. He was in in the finale. Oh, Endgame, obviously, yes. Um, yeah. I, honestly, I, I, my mind's gone blank. I can't remember. You'll say them and I'll go, oh yeah. Uh, it was Projections, yeah. Lifeline, Inside Man and author, yeah. author. That was the final bonus points. So let me just add these up. Steve, you won! Yes! Guy sucks. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Guy. Guy. Guy really needs to put in a better effort there. It's almost like he wasn't really trying. I felt like he wasn't here. Yeah, me too. Yeah, so how does it make you feel winning all of that? Do you feel much better I now? I always knew I was superior to Guy anyway, so it didn't really make any difference. All right, and now for the next part, we're going to go through all of the um, feature-length episodes, okay? About 12 of them in total. And then we're going to, because it's just you and I in this episode, we're just going to score them. We're not going to do a tier list. All right. Okay, we just want to put them in. Do we think they're great? Do we think they're sort of meh? What, where would you rank them? Okay. If that makes sense. Okay. Okay, so we're going to try and get an idea of which ones we think are the top and which ones we think are the bottom. All right. Uh, we're going to start with Caretaker. It's a great pilot episode. I think I think it's great. It is great. It's, it's not... Um, it's not. It's definitely not meh. It's, it's definitely great, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So would you would you put that higher up or lower down the list? Um, I would put it like in the middle. I reckon you got to remember it's the opening episode, so it's got nothing to be better than. Um, mm. so I I guess oh, I don't know. I think it probably would be towards yeah, probably towards the lower end of the list of two parts when you go through them all. This is the problem. I think as a pilot episode of a Star Trek show, I think it's one of my favourite ones. However, I think when you compare it to the other two-part episodes in Voyager, it's it, it's not as good. No, I, I agree. I agree. I think it probably will come lower lower in the list. Mm, so, uh, what was your what were your favourite parts of the 
episode B and the worst parts of the episode. I like that it's how it establishes Janeway um, more yep. than anything. I think I think that was very important and they did it very well. I think they should have perhaps written it a little bit better so that she was left with no no other choice. You know, that, that there was no debate over whether she should destroy the array. Only downer is they could have perhaps written the ending of it a little bit better, but I felt that they established Janeway brilliantly, so I think that was the best part. We know the Marquis ship is not the first humans that have come through. We know this. And we know from later on in Equinox that they weren't the first, you know, there's been many, many others that were not sent home either. Yeah. So I would have liked them to have established something at that point that says, yes, you're alone out here, but there may be others. You could possibly find that you're not alone. Just have that potential, that nugget of you might come across somebody out here. Yeah. Definitely. So then we move on to basics. I think the thing is with basics, it is, it's in the name, isn't it? it? It was basic. But up to that point, it was the best that they produced so far. So it was yeah. like, I think it goes below Caretaker, but it, was, it, wasn't, it wasn't actually as, as bad. I don't know, maybe it was. Maybe it was a bit meh, because it was a Kazon thing. And we should have been so far ahead of them. But yeah, yeah, I suppose I suppose basics would go below caretaker, even though it wasn't too bad. Yeah, yeah. Because season two wasn't great, but 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 when you got to basics, you're like, oh wow, okay, this this is going to pick up now. You know, you just felt like we that, that we were finally going in the right direction. So yeah, I think basics probably appears better than it is. I think it's disappointing in some respects you have this potential, you know, they're getting put onto this planet without any technology. Yeah. I would have liked to have seen more of that because that should have been a massive struggle. And all we see is them just walking around trying to find a cave. Yeah. Really? Yeah. And, and Jamie <laughs> eating worms or something. <laughs> and it, that's not what, no offense, that's not what you watch Star Trek no. for. Um, I understand that they were stranded and, you know, they shouldn't have been stranded because there were some silly mistakes made by Janeway and the crew. But I just felt that that would have been an opportunity to show what happens to these people without their technology. How quickly will they descend into, um, you know, not cannibalism, but you know what I mean? (laughs) How quickly will they argue against it? Will their society crumble without their tech? Should they they have eaten the natives? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe you start with the people you pick up. Start with Neelix, surely. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I do remember at the time when it aired, I was like, Basics is a great, great cliffhanger. And it was, it was you know, they'd lost, the, they'd lost the ship. So it was fantastic in that respect. But when you look back on it, once you've seen Scorpion, all of those later two-part episodes, hmm. it really doesn't hold up. Yes. I can't put it above Caretaker. No, I can't. No, so definitely below the greed. Yeah. Um, then we move on to Future's End. That was a great sort of mid-season two-parter. It really started, for me, it started to change. Yes. It yeah. really, Voyager started to become so much better after Future's End. Mm. It really did. And Future's End was excellent. There's, you know, there's um, better, much better than Basics, much better than Caretaker. Oh, yeah, it's got to go, go up, up there. 
It's definitely up. Yeah. It's probably my top four or five, maybe. But we'll see where how we get on with the list. I, w- I would say somewhere around about five or six. Yeah, definitely. Personally, I'm always a sort of a sucker for time travel paradox episodes. Yeah, me too. I think what what I loved about Future's End is it didn't leave the Braxton storyline there. Yes. It, it carried on. You, you get to see in a couple more episodes the actions and consequences to this Future's End episodes in later seasons. Mm. Relativity is the last one he's in, isn't it? Yes. I remember. Well, there was a continuation there to show you that it just wasn't just a two-part, there we go, all done, forgotten about. I think the only thing I would have liked to, is a final continuation to that story, which would have been somehow in Endgame for him to turn up to try and stop Admiral Janeway and for her to have a quick resolution. And she's like, no, nope, and she just closes the wormhole. We all know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But she's able to even outwit him. Do you know what I mean? I think that would have just been a little nod and the final thing, we just got, oh, my God, she is prepared. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I'm definitely putting that above Caretaker, yeah? Yeah. Excellent. Uh, let me move on to Scorpion. I mean... This, this is phenomenal. The amount of stuff going on in this episode. Not only are you kicking the Borg story off with style, you've got the introduction of Jerry Ryan, you've got Species 8472 as well. This is a species that are kicking the Borg's ass yeah yeah and Janeway on the bridge of the of the on the the Borg bridge mm. as the episode ends brilliant yeah. absolutely I couldn't believe it I couldn't believe it that I was being made to wait I was like no <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's the one thing Voyager did very well with its cliffhangers for the end of season was yeah. those weights were I pay can you imagine the weight and year of hell had that not been mid-season Oh, my God. Yeah, you're how... Oh. It would have been a nightmare, wouldn't it? So we're definitely, definitely putting Scorpion above Future's End, yeah? Yeah, Scorpion goes to the top just because it was the Borg. You know, it wasn't just a skull in an, in an episode. It was the <laughs> Borg. It was the Northwest Passage. It was everything. Um, and it was brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. It really catapulted the show into its its new beginning, if you like, when Jerry Ryan came on kind of like a third version of Voyager at this point. We've had the, the change, like you say, with Future's End. It kind of grew up a little bit. And then this season, I think you had the new... Was this the season that had the new CGI as well? Or was that season four? I can't remember. Yeah, season four, it was... Yes. Borg were here, and they were here in style. You had this new threat to the Quadrant, and you had Janeway over on Borg ships, you know, and it wouldn't be too long before she's just going on shopping trips onto the Borg cubes to get parts that she needs. <laughs> Yeah, 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 this is it. You know, so you've got to put it, you've got to put it up the list, haven't you? Without a doubt. It's got to be near the top. Okay, so next we have Year of Hell, one of my favourites. It's one of my favourites too. I think this is great and I love it, but I think the reset means that Year of Hell needs to go below Scorpio. Yes, I think I would probably put it just above Future's End, only just, because I think Future's End... You've got to remember, this is the first, you know, proper two-parter that didn't involve, you know, basics, etc. And it had a lot to do. This was time travel. I mean, this was one of the first ones that kind of said to the, said to the viewers, yes. you know, we're growing up now. We are becoming our own thing. So I have to give it a good set off for that. Yeah. But Year of Hell, it takes the whole paradox thing to a whole new level. Yeah. 
you know, and of course, you've got Janeway over the course of the episode, just getting more and more like she doesn't care at this point. It's she's lost sight of what she's trying to do. She realizes that she has to just ram her ship into his ship and reset time. You know, I don't think she's stupid. Yeah. But it's just one of my favorite things. You know, you've got her new hairstyle as well. It works. Yeah, it did. It did. It was it's like a new way to tell the seasons. Exactly. Yeah. Thank you. The Blana's ridges disappear in one and <laughs> you know, and her pregnancy outfit. Yeah. Yeah. So we're definitely putting it below Scorpion, but above Future's End. Yes. Okay, cool. Excellent. Uh, what about the killing game? Now, I love the killing game. That was brilliant. And what mm. a way to do it as well with the erosion. I just thought, excellent. I, I love the whole story. Um, seeing Seven of Nine in a different costume was excellent. Yep. I, got, I think they put all the characters in the right places with Neelix being... Klingon. <laughs> yeah, but you you know what I mean? Every, every To show that they were running different simulations and stuff like that, I, it was just amazing. The, the fact that the holodeck as well, when they show you the broken holodeck, yeah. amaze. Oh, totally after the amazing. bomb's gone off. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah I, lo- I love Killing Game. When it came out, I thought it was, you know, you've had Year of Hell. You had, well, early in the season, you had Scorpion. Episodes yeah. later, you get Year of Hell kind of thing. And then you get Killing Game. I mean, this this was a season that was firing on all cylinders. It it was phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal, and I love it. I think the only thing that let it down was I think when you look back on it, I feel that you I would love to have seen the fall of Voyager. We've discussed this. I think that would have just made put more pressure on it, and I just don't believe that the Doctor would have come up with the device that would have erased their memories properly because he's the one that came up with the device he installed the device in them i don't think he'd yes. have done that without a fail safe yeah i agree so where um where do you feel this goes do you feel it deserves to go above or below year of hell um perhaps below year of hell would you put it above year of hell no i wouldn't i would put it but above futures end but below year of hell yes i i agree yeah yeah, I think that's a sensible place to put it. Um, and then we move on to Dark Frontier. I oh mean, my God. I remember watching this when I was in the States. Phenomenal. Yeah. Absolutely phenomenal. This is one that went out as a movie, didn't it, in the States? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it was just the fact that Janeway had the ghoul to just decide that she was going to go on a heist and steal a transport coil. Yeah. Like, no one else would even <laughs> do that. No one would have the balls to do it but Jamie's like oh come on come on we're just gonna do this now you yeah. know and and that was it they just went straight to the holodeck and they started to run simulations and everything was put in you know the plan started to come together um absolutely it's mental it's mental it, it, it is probably one of my favorite ones I think that and Unimatrix it will get obviously gets that one yeah later on. yeah but I liked it more than Scorpion yes I sure. do I, I do yeah. I think it's much better than Scorpion just because of the goal of Janeway yeah. to be able to be in the position to just go do you know what, this is a ball cube let's have a look Picard sees a ball cube, he turns around and goes at warp 10, he ain't having none of it Yeah. Cisco yeah. sees a ball cube but he's dead now, so he's not going to do much is he <laughs> uh, <laughs> but she's like, no, let's have day trip everyone come on, get your picnic basket 
this is it. We're just we're just going to take a transwarp coil. That's all. You know. <laughs> and while we're there, if you see anything else, we'll have it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I suppose she calls it salvage, not theft. <laughs> yeah, she's just um, she's just borrowing it. <laughs> Arguably, at this point, she does have a pet Borg on ship. So as she's got a pet Borg, is it Seven of Nine's property? Can Seven of Nine take it? Is that how she looks at it? I don't know. I mean, you have to think as well, even if you'd been fortunate enough yourself to be someone in command of a ship, you're well clear of Borg space at this point. And then you pick up a damaged cube and you think seriously you'd be like get us out of here <laughs> would you not yeah. you would be like get let's just get away from that as quickly as possible <laughs> no no not Janeway she's like mm, uh, I need a yeah. trans warp coil <laughs> so yeah, yeah she's like I'm surprised she didn't take the whole ship and trying to just use it for spare parts just towing it behind her as she goes <laughs> <laughs> no I, I mean still I think it's still linked to the collective wasn't it so it's yeah like yeah it yeah couldn't, Otherwise, I'm sure she would have towed it behind. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, I think Dark Frontier goes straight to the top of the list. Yes, definitely. Um, so the next one up is, I, I love it, Equinox. It's a what if episode, isn't it? We discussed this last week. And it just shows you what could have happened to Janeway had Janeway made the wrong decisions. And just shows you how great Janeway is as a captain when she realises yeah. she knows she could have gone down the route and Ransom went down. She gets angry. After Dark Frontier, I was kind of sceptical because I was like, there's no way they're going to be able to beat that. Yeah. Is there? And much to my amazement, I was just like, wow, that was good. Mm. That was really good. I will. I want to say I don't know that it beats Dark Frontier, but because Janeway's character development over these two episodes, when you see how far she is willing to go, wow. You know, mm-hmm. total wow. I, I just think it probably comes just behind Dark Frontier, but like it's like you're arguing about bits and bobs. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I think it's got to go above Scorpion in my mind without yeah. a doubt. Yeah, um, I agree. I think there is one or two places in it, Equinox, where it is let down, such as the resolution of the cliffhanger with Jamie just tapping a few bits. And I'm like, okay, could have done that earlier. And I think there was a few opportunities they missed with Equinox. Mm-hmm. Um, like we've already discussed, they could have played it over. So I can't, I can't push it above Dark Frontier. I don't think Dark Frontier has as many failures within it. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So we'll put it in there. And then we move on to Unimetric Zero, which I know you absolutely adore. For me, when it came up to Unimetric Zero, I was like, how are they going to outdo Dark Frontier and Equinox and you already know as well you've got the, the killing game and Year of Hell before that and Scorpion and you're just thinking how are they going to keep knocking these two parts out of the park mm. and yet they manage it what an excellent idea I, do you know what I mean I don't even I don't know where it came from but however they thought of it brilliant absolutely brilliant I think Unimatrix Zero probably has to go above Dark Frontier yeah. it's the little it's the little conversation on the bridge between the Borg Queen and Janeway I don't do deals with the Borg. Do you know what I mean? And it's just like, ooh. And also when she's, she's like looking through the mutation as well. And then she visits and then she sees Janeway with the um, Batleth destroying her drones. And she says Janeway. And you're just like, ooh. Definitely. Amazing. I, I just, it's absolutely, I think it has to go to the top. 
just because of the progression in the character as well. And I couldn't believe they managed to write it. Honestly, I was just like, wow. You know, at some point you stop because you can't keep topping that. And when you next get to the next couple of two parts, you'll see that it actually they couldn't top that. Yeah, they peaked at that point. Yes. Yeah. One of us that I love, Dark Frontier, Scorpion, New Matrix Zero, you know, great Borg episodes, and they progressed the storyline on not only for the Voyager crew, but also for the Borg and what we know about the Borg and how we deal with the Borg. I think by this point, in a very short space of time, you've gone from Starfleet in the Alpha Quadrant being very fearful of Borg and having to throw fleets of vessels at one cube yeah. to take it down. Now you're getting to the point where, thanks to Seven of Nine, really, yeah. One little ship can kick Borg ass. They kind of diluted the Borg a little bit. In season six, they had quite a few um, Borg storylines, you know, with the Borg children. They mm. kind of diluted it a, a tiny bit, as you do if you overuse your villains. Yeah, so even though it's the top of the list at the moment, I yeah. think it just dilutes the Borg at this point. I, I wouldn't mind if in the background in other episodes, if they were setting up Species 8472 to become worse than the Borg or something like that I'd say okay they're bringing the Borg down but there's someone coming up to replace them you could see it happening there wasn't I think that was the point in the next two-parter yeah so we've got flesh and blood obviously that's the holograms and the um Herogen not a fan I really really just thought it's boring yeah I felt like they could have done it in one yeah, Like you said, when you've had all those previous two-parters, yeah. when the two-parter came up, I was like, oh, this is going to be good. And then it would just what it could have just been done in one episode. If I'm honest, you know, the way they ended the killing game, I think Janeway should have received that and gone, ha ha, you're right, and just hung up. Yeah. <laughs> Why would you help them? Yeah, I know. <laughs> you, it's just crazy. Yeah. Uh, so where would you place that? I want to put it on, I really want to put it below Caretaker, definitely. Yep. Yep. Um, um, and then Basics is below that. So do, does it go I, above or below I think Basics? it goes right to the bottom because I really feel it shouldn't have been a yep. two-parter. Um, and Basics was a two-parter. Basics was the beginning of two-parter starting, really. So, yeah, I think, I think Flesh and Blood can go right to the bottom, to be honest with you. Yeah, I don't disagree with that at all. I think it's just a failure of an episode. Yeah. And it's not got even got an interesting premise to it. it you know, the whole point is we were just like, why would you help them? They're, they caused that problem themselves. They changed the holograms. They modified it. And they've only got the technology because you gave it to them because you, it was a peace treaty of sorts. Yeah, you made your bed. Leave them to it. This is it. Yeah. Yeah. Don't interfere with their um, thing. It's Prime Directive, isn't it? Let them all go off on their own. She doesn't care about that. <laughs> She's like the Prime what now? <laughs> mm. And then we hit the penultimate uh, two-parter before the, well, the one before the finale, uh, Workforce. Personally, not a fan. Another brainwashing episode, but I know you I like didn't, it. I didn't mind it because um, it was Janeway Progression again. Um, mm. And I, I think as well, it's hard to write for a captain because the captain really can't be, you know, they've got to maintain that professional distance. And um, yeah, it's another one of those that could possibly be have done in one episode. 
rather than two. Um, I liked some of the clever stuff as well with the ship, how they hit the ship throughout the episode. Um, yeah, I think that was good. Yeah, Definitely. Yeah. Whilst I did like it, I love the story. Mm. It, it doesn't go very far up the list, I'm afraid. Definitely above basics and caretaker. I'd probably put it just above basics and below caretaker. I think that's where I Yeah, but I probably agree with that. I think I would have rather have seen, instead of like a two-part workforce, I think I would have rather, you remember Displaced? I think that would have been a better two-parter. Yeah, yeah. With the crew getting taken and swapped out. You could have done so much with that. Yeah, I, I feel as well, um, the workforce thing kind of reminded me of an adapted... Do you remember when the doctor made the hospital administrator a patient in his own hospital? Yes. It kind of felt like an extension of that episode, you know? And in fact, if if you wanted to, you could have even had members of the crew in that episode being in the hospital. Yes. I think maybe Critical Care could have been two episodes... I agree. I agree. Um, I think workforce. That would have been a great EMH two-parter. Yes. Yeah. And then you got the last one, the last two-parter, Endgame. I, uh, there's so much to say about that episode. There is, I can say I wasn't disappointed. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. The Blative Armour. Oh my God. I watched it. I can tell you, I went for a cup of tea, sat back down and watched Thing again. Straight away. <laughs> I think I watched it like 10 times. Do you know when your brain is still taking it all in? And I was just like, I've got to watch it all again. I, got, yeah. I couldn't take half of what was going on in. You've got Admiral Janeway, who you think Janeway owns. She owns. <laughs> she's brilliant. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she is. And she's got the mother of all plan Bs, you know. <laughs> oh, she's got plan Bs to her plan Bs to her plan Bs. This woman, she's amazing. <laughs> Oh, it's just, oh. it's just phenomenal writing right the way through. The whole transport hub thing, I think it was a great idea. I yeah. wasn't too keen on it. The only downside I have is it, it seems to exit very close to Earth. Oh, that's the exit aperture. Yes, you yeah. can't enter it though. No, but that was very nice location and convenient for the end of the episode. But it, I felt it felt short in the fact that why didn't the Borg use that in first contact? Yeah, maybe it hadn't been mapped out. Mm, maybe. It's like, was it always Borg? That was Vard, wasn't it Vardwar? Or am I going wrong with that one? That's it. The Vardwar had transwarp corridors too. Yeah. And, um, and it led to more questions than the episode could give you answers. Mm. So um, until we get some kind of canon, we'll never know. Mm. I just think... As great as an episode it is, is it better than Unimatrix Zero? Yeah. The thing is, what they're asking you to do in the last episode is to take the leap of faith that Admiral Janeway has travelled, time-travelled all the way back. You, you might, If you want to be critical, you might want to say that that's lazy writing, bringing Admiral Janeway from the future. I don't know. It's, it really is quite close, isn't it? I, I love everything about Endgame. I really do. The fact that when they first go into the into the hub they destroy the Borg ships effortlessly yeah you know and it's it's amazing to see absolutely amazing but it's her it's the Borg Queen's face she's like what 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 hang on (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah it it, it is you know and it's another thing it's the way that they've written it for so long 
as well. Mm. So um, I absolutely love I, I absolutely love Endgame, and but going above Unimatrix Zero, it's going to be pretty tight. And I don't mm. I don't know whether you can call it one way or the other. I think as as a story though, I think Unimatrix Zero is brilliant, absolutely. Um, and I don't know. Can you think of any critique for Unimatrix Zero? Um, no, I think it's well paced. I feel that again at that point you're diluting the Borg because now you've got an ability to suppress the nanobots from taking you over and all that sort of jazz. It's like at this point now they're literally no threat at all because you could just take an injection and wipe out their nanos. You know, it, yeah. It, so it it dilutes the Borg, which I suppose when you've got a villain over the whole course of a show the end of it you want the villain to be taken out and i yeah. suppose that is what this is setting up you know matrix zero it's setting up a weakened borg they're no longer a big threat in you know as they were hence why when you go into picard's first season yeah they're trying to black market borg, borg parts aren't they exactly exactly yeah. this is it you know they don't they've got no worry about setting foot on a borg ship they can reclaim borg if they want to all, all sorts of stuff now yeah um, so I, I don't know. I think, I think it's a tie between Endgame and Unimatrix Zero. They've both got fantastic, fantastic stories, ideas, but they are so different in their approach that, although because Endgame is involved in time travel and alternate realities, I think I tend to lean that way. <laughs> yeah, me too. Me too. I tend to think Endgame probably should go to the top, um, but. I just think Unimatrix Zero is really good, really good. And I don't think it bothers me which way they fall. And let's put Endgame a second and Unimatrix right. the top. Because then right. it's Unimatrix, Endgame, Dark Frontier, Equinox, Scorpion, Year of Hell, The Killing Game, Future's End, Caretaker, Workforce, Basics, and then Flesh and Blood. Yeah. yeah. That sounds good to me. Yeah, that sounds all right to me then. So from that list, you basically agree that Unimatrix Zero should go into the Hall of Fame and Flesh and Blood should automatically be entered into the Hall of Shame. Yeah, Yeah. I think that's that's fair enough. Yeah, I agree. So that's it for another episode of the 47th Hour. If you enjoyed the show, don't forget to follow the podcast and you can also find us on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube and TikTok at 47th Hour. Thanks for listening.